BadgerCast, number 50. Welcome to BadgerCast, your slice of Wisconsin life. And guess what number episode this is? 50. I already know that. I said 50! 50 BadgerCast episodes. And God only knows how many other ones. So, Did we hit a milestone or something? I guess that was a podcasting milestone back in the day. I'm not sure if it's... What uh, it is anymore? Uh, probably 500. Maybe a milestone now. I don't know. That's Big Bad Voodoo Daddy that you're listening to, Save My Soul. And I just thought of something. What? We've done more than 50 podcasts. Oh, of course we have. We've just done 50 Badger Casts. I know. So if you added them together. Uh, it would probably be close to 70 because you were on the Philosophy Guy show for quite a while. Okay. And then and add then, the 40-some I've done for Motivated Women. And the various guest hosting things we've done over the years. Yeah, yeah. I think we're doing pretty good then. I think so too. So hi everybody. Hi everybody. Welcome. It, it's sad Sunday it's afternoon, su- so you're going to hear some doors uh, every once in a while. And other assorted things. But I did make sure that the Microphones were plugged in this time. We're plugged in this time. Yeah, you're still going through a learning phase with the Mac. With the Mac and with GarageBand, and I've got my own little frustrations with the Mac right now. Mm-hmm. With um, setting up, I still haven't been able to set up uh, Time Machine with the Netstora, and I'm. I'm I'll not leave go that there. to you because I don't touch that machine. All right. Anyway. <clears throat> What's been going on in the last couple of weeks? Well, um, we've uh, we've had really up and down weather. We ha- we yes. had crappy weather this weekend. This well, at least yesterday. Today was windy. Mother Nature needs to get her moods realigned. Yeah, it, it's Wisconsin in May. Come on, I, it's not supposed to be forty degrees. With winds at forty to forty-five miles an hour, with a wind chill of down around thirty. Yeah, although it is sunny. That's the only thing today has going for it. Yes. Well, you haven't even been outside today, have you? I'm biking in 40 degree, 45 mile an hour winds? I don't think so. Well, I got outside and I cut the grass. Goody for you. And I cut the back 40. Goody for you. And uh, I did other assorted things around the house. Uh-huh. And what what else happened with the backyard this week? In the grand saga of the recouping our backyard. Well, he came out and he started prepping the stumps to be um, ground out. We are waiting because the stump grinder was broken, and we are he's waiting for a missing part so that that that's working. In the meantime, he came out on Thursday. And Thursday, they started cutting up the three big trunks that we just cut down and left where they were. And um, 
one of those trunks was the big chair big piece of cherry that i donated to a local woodworker so he has probably what 20 some feet of prime cherry wood um the other two stalks <laughs> i shouldn't say stalks they're bigger than that but the other two um pieces of wood 20 30 feet in length were part of that of a big silver maple and he has one of them pretty much uh, actually two of them pretty much cut up into what looks like foot long pieces but these pieces are at least two feet in diameter they're they're going to they're a little longer than a foot probably about two and a half feet to three feet you think that big yeah anyway they're big pieces even considering and then thursday he took the big burn pile and started burning and wasn't that a sight i wish i would have had a picture of it because i heard this whoosh from inside the house with windows closed and saw flames go up about 15 feet now you know why i didn't want to do that Uh all by myself (coughs) yep and then now that was at two o'clock in the afternoon he did that when i left at 4 15 it was down to basically like a a dying campfire when i came home from work which was two o'clock Friday morning, there were still red-hot embers in the whole pit, and that pit is about 6 by 15 at least. Friday morning when I woke up, it was smoking and kind of died down. And yesterday, even though it was rainy, it sparked to life again. It finally hit the... It was taking one of the big chunks of stump... And burning it out from the inside out. So we had to go out there with a hose and water it down and flip it over to douse it with water. And I haven't seen any smoke or anything from it. No, it's dead. We we successfully killed it yesterday. But that's good because I didn't want anything going up in the backyard. There's still so much wood. And even though it was raining, it's still dry. Some of the, you know, brush stuff that wasn't um, taken care of before. So... Hopefully, by Wednesday, he will be done grinding out the stumps and the rest burning the rest of the wood. And then we'll be on to step two. Yay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, speaking of fire and um, the spring. Yeah. There was a fire, I think, on Wednesday afternoon. You told me about this. I did not even see it. And it was um, on the belt line. Well, actually, just on a marsh off the belt line. Uh, around, uh, just out, just on the kind of southeast side of Madison. Where the marsh is. Where the marsh is, if you know. where, If you know Madison and the belt line at all. Two hour delay on the belt line. Well, it took me... Three hours to drive home from Madison, and I took an alternate route. But you wouldn't have wanted to have driven on the road with the fire all around you, because you are at marsh level. A little higher than marsh level. Barely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so for you to be safe, I'm okay with the three-hour route. Yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So that was the most exciting thing that happened to me this week. Oh, no. Well, see, I, my, my week just gets better. And you, you witnessed it yesterday. I 
did? Yeah, it kind of goes along with fire, but I didn't quite get it that far. We had a little smoking kitchen emergency, remember? Oh, yes, 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 I, uh-huh. I remember. Why don't you tell us about how you destroyed <laughs> a food processor? I didn't truly destroy. I burned out the motor. That pretty much destroys it. Yeah, well, okay. I, I have several things to say in my defense. How old is said food processor? Food processor. Uh, well, how long have we had the KitchenAid blender? No, 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 no. It's older than that. How long have we been married? Ooh, 21 ooh. years, oh. almost 21. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, man. Getting there. Hey, wait a second. That's oh, coming boy. up. <laughs> That's coming up. Okay. Hey, if anybody would like to call with no. some suggestions for what I'm going to do in the next okay, two weeks. stop now. <laughs> Let me get back to this. So that food processor piece is almost 22 years old. 21 to 22 years old. And that, you're sure just, that was one of the one things we got when we got married? I got it before I got married. Okay. Probably just before I got married. And I've been, well, you all know that I've been on the healthier kick and looking at better things to eat, the better um, grains and just eating better in general. One of the things that I found I really like is almond butter. But almond butter is expensive. And let me just grab some here a second. Because I can't reach and talk at the same time. A um, vendor called Naturally More makes um, a peanut butter and they make an almond butter. And I've been using the peanut butter consistently. It's I like it. It's really good. But, you know, even a 16-ounce um, container of the peanut butter is six something for for a container the almond butter by naturally more which is also very good is 850 a 16 ounce container what's that what's that did you you didn't hear that no 850 for that not for this one this is the peanut butter it's six something the almond butter same size 16 ounces is 850 a container so i was looking at different ways to get my almond butter and not spend as much money. How about not eating it? Which is what I would do because no, no, I don't no, no, like no, no. peanut butter. Well, but I'm not you, so there. All right. So, I... I was looking, I've been looking at different recipes and it doesn't look didn't look that hard. You take some raw almonds, raw dried almonds, and you stick them in a food processor and you food process them and they say it'll take probably a good 15 minutes tops to do it but they don't tell you to take breaks at all then again they're probably not using your basic everyday i can get by food processor so i started with what did i start with like two cups of almonds i got maybe through the first minute and it started smoking well i couldn't tell if it was the smoke from dinner which we were cooking at the time no, it wasn't. And then, or, and then it's like, there's that sickly smell of burning electronics, if you've ever smelt that before. And then we saw the big puffs of smoke coming that, from well, the base. No, yeah, it's like, I think it's burning. So we turned it off, unplugged it, and stuck s- it outside, and then I ran off to Kohl's. And where I got an eye-opening in the price of food processors. Uh, I'm sure it's a couple hundred bucks for a decent one. 
For a middle of the road one, yes. What I found out yesterday, you have what we had, which was an old oyster food processor, which was, I looked at the base and it's like a 600 volt um, motor. And 600 volt or 600 watt? 600 watt, excuse me. 600 watt motor, which from what I'm seeing isn't even one horsepower. I, I found I'm not ver- an electrician, so I, I don't found know. varying varying um, definitions when I looked this up last night. But one horsepower, if I'm I'm reading the information right, is around um, 700 750 watts. So not even one horsepower, and they're meant for you know your basic softer items. So nuts wasn't really going to do it in this one unless you do what I ended up doing with the new one, which is short spurts with a lot of rest in between. And that's not going to cut it if I want to continue to do almond butter or something heavy, heavy like that. What I found when I got to Kohl's was that they had one or two basic models that were around six to 700 watts. Then you jumped right up to the things that were about a, mm, 190 to 250 bucks. Oh boy. And... They didn't always tell you how big the motor was. What I'm finding is those are somewhere around seven to 900 watts, if that. The ones, though, that you want, if you're going to be doing nuts and heavy, heavy-duty stuff, you're not going to find um, at Kohl's. You're going to find them at a specialty store like Williams-Sonoma or going online to the direct dealer, and that would be the two, the three that I found that would be the most efficient for somebody who wants to do a lot of food processing, including nuts and whatever that may be heavier duty and do it quickly and not having to do 30 seconds at a time and wait 10 minutes in between for the motor to cool down to do it again. You're looking at something called, where did my list go? The Vitamix, um, the Magimix, or there's one... um, KitchenAid out there. I also think there's a um, Cuisinart that's out there, but they're not as heavy duty as the um, Vitamix or the Magimix. Now, the Magimix and the Vitamix are pretty, pretty comparable. They got about a thousand watts or more of power. The one says they have two horsepower, so that would be what close to fifteen hundred watts, something like that. But can I put four wheels on them and take me to work? No, <laughs> but the price of those two are over four hundred dollars. The as I said, can that take me to work? The the Vitamix was four ninety nine and the Magimix was five twenty nine or Holy thereabouts. Cow. The Cuisinart and the KitchenAid, which were in the middle, um, were somewhere depending on what site you looked at between one eighty and three hundred bucks, and then you have the basic countertop model that I ended up getting because I had had to finish what I started yesterday, which runs you around 50 to 60. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh-huh. So we have found out that if I want to continue the food processing and smoothies and nut butters and different things like that in the um, quest of staying healthier and eating better, I might be saving up for something. How? How? Okay. Now, how many... Of these eight dollar um, almond butter containers, do I go through? 
would it take to equal the cost of one of these Vegemite mix thing, concrete mixer things? Well, you do the math. Take the four ninety. Take five hundred and divide it by eight fifty. What do you get? I'll I'll tell you in a second. And then I can tell you that I buy one of those containers of peanut butter at least every two weeks, if not sooner. Okay, so five hundred divided by what eight? Ay ay ay! It'll pay for itself. Sixty-two point five. So it'll take you approximately year. two years. No, it'll take me. You a said year. every two weeks. About every two weeks. All right. So it'll take you two years to pay for it. Assuming it'll, that you never buy the uh, prepared butters again. It's kind of like the KitchenAid mixer. Ladies, we want that. So okay. I'll find a way. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big expenditures. Yes. You came to me with a proposal. Yes, and I think it's a logical proposal. Well, there's no logic in here. It's bad all the way around. Not of our doing. Well, I can't help it. Okay. First of all. The, the proposal, people, is we both have trucks. The price of gas is over four twenty a gallon. You get maybe 15 miles a gallon. I get 18 to 20 miles a gallon. I still don't believe you. Anyway. I get 300 miles a tank. You have a 70-some mile drive to work and a 70-some mile drive back from work. The proposal was to find a used vehicle that probably gets 30-plus miles a gallon. That I can sit in? You're just transporting yourself. I don't care if it's a Mini Cooper. Well, you're not the one driving the Mini Cooper to Madison every day. And I said it was a suggestion to ponder. Trying to be green, trying to save my pocketbook. Well, see, that, that's the thing. Okay, the greenest thing for me, if I wanted to be green... Would be to work within three blocks of your house and walk to work. Not going to happen. Or bike to work. Not going to happen. Well, you could bike to work. It's just going to take you several hours to get there. And then I'd be dead. (laughs) It would take me approximately 10 hours to get there. No, it wouldn't. I've biked from here to Madison. It didn't take us that long. Took took about seven. Took about, well, that was because of the detour. But I'm just straight going. It would take about five to six, depending on the biker. And the weather. And the weather. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Not going to happen. Not going to happen either. So the greenest thing would be to get an apartment within walking distance no, it of, wouldn't. of the... Uh, no, God. that is not the greenest thing that could happen. Because, But even then, if I got an apartment within walking distance, People, I'd still have so two... so full of shit, it's not funny. I'd still have two major commutes a week. No, sorry. Uh-uh. Okay, second... Commute or green thing would be to get something like um, a motorcycle, but I can only drive that eight months a year. I am biting my tongue here. The third would be to get a, a smaller car. And then the, the question becomes do I get a car <coughs> like a Mini Cooper? Excuse me. Or do I really go green 
and get something like a hybrid. But those hybrids take a lot of money and they take a lot of time to pay off. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't suggest a hybrid. Hmm. 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 So I would be willing to go shopping with you to look. Mm hmm. So that would restrict us to Saturdays. Mm hmm. So stay tuned to see if Dale gets a new used car or not. Hmm. So should we take a break? Oh, yeah. Seriously so. Seriously so. All right. Well, I got a song from Aerial Publicity. Hmm. And I will get that up in a, just a second. They're from, it's from a group called the Kobolds. And you can find them at the Kobolds, K-O-B-O-L-D-S dot com. They're scheduled to play. Their next gig is June 4th at Arlene's Grocery in downtown Manhattan, New York. And you can check that out at their website. And their song is... The Grind on the BadgerCast.
That was the Kabolds and the Grind. Welcome back. Yes, what's next? Uh, well, I didn't get a cheesehead spotlight together because we kind of impromptu through this. You want up. me to do my Scrabble thing? Yes, let's go through the Scrabble kebab or whatever. The, <laughs> the uh, what was that word? Bruhaha? No, not bruhaha. The, the word that uh, means some sort of Islamic jihad of judgment. It's, it's spelled F-I-Q-H, and I'm assuming feek or fike. Don't... Which is? Well, let me pull it up. Hold on a second. I, this whole conversation started because I saw a couple people on Twitter, namely Grammar Girl, and somebody else that she was um, conversing with talking about um, changes in the Scrabble Dictionary that were not ap- applicable to the U.S. And um, so I decided to pull up the article. The article comes from Slate. Um, and you said that that was a news blog? Yeah, news and it's Opinion called block. Word Freakout, the latest brouhaha over changes to the Scrabble Dictionary. And it was posted on Thursday, May 12th. And here it is. Here we go again, Scrabble fans. A year ago, the media went bonkers over news that the venerable word game seeking to spice things up for the youngsters was permitting the use of proper nouns. It wasn't true. The reality was that Mattel, which owns the rights to Scrabble outside of North America, was introducing a spin-off game, again outside of North America, called Scrabble Trickster. Overzealous corporate flax misled reporters about what was happening and allowed the internet wildfire to spread. Any pub is good pub. Now comes news that Scrabble is admitting 3,000 new words, including slang such as thang and girl. Um, that's G-R-R-L. Girl? Stop. And I'm assuming in it, I-N-N-I-T. Technological terms like Webzine and Facebook as a verb, and U-less words including, it's Q-I-N, I'm thinking kind or key, I don't know how to pronounce that one, and the other word F-I-Q-H, um, which is an expression of Islamic, Islamic Sharia law. Scrabble users, or excuse me, scrabblers use uppercase when for referring to words in the context of the game. Settlist reports that Scrabble just got a lot more hip and a little more easy. The Globe and Mail in Toronto says that traditionalists are upset over the acceptance of slang. U.S. Today's Pop Candy blog informs that 10 new words, yes, 10, have been added to the Scrabble dictionary, using as its source a post on BuzzFeed. Local news anchors are chit-chatting about the changes, and Wired, Wired advises readers to print this out and be prepared. If you follow the advice in the U.S. and Canada, you'll need to be prepared for those words to get challenged off the board. While 3,000 words are indeed being added to a Scrabble lexicon, it's the lexicon that governs play outside of North America, the Collins English Dictionary. Here in the United States and Canada, where the game is owned by Hasbro, competitive Scrabble is ruled by a book known as the Official Tournament and Club Word List, or OWL, along with an addendum of 10 to 15 letter words known as the Long List. The over-the-counter source for school and home play, purged of offensive words, is the official Scrabble Players Dictionary. The North American lexicons are published by Merriam-Webster. What are you laughing about over there? Of course, 
purged of offensive words. Oh, it gets better. Hold on. <laughs> Scrabble's bifurcated ownership dates to the 1950s. Its bifurcated word sourcing dates to the publication of the first Scrabble dictionaries in 1978 in the U.S. and 1980 in the United Kingdom. Attempts at world Scrabble lexical unity so far have failed, largely because a majority of North American players have been unwilling to adopt the larger and more permissive British books, of which Collins is just the latest. How much larger? A total of 178,691 words, 2 through 15 letters long, are playable in club and tournament Scrabble in North America, not including the new update. Collins, when combined for competitive play with the North American words in a book called Collins Scrabble Words, yields a total of 267,751 words. More so-called Collins tournaments are being held in the U.S., and an increasing number of expert-level competitive players are choosing to study the British words, but not enough yet to threaten the status quo. So, Scrabble is more complicated than you might think. An email to the North American Scrabble Players Association, which oversees competitive play, or the National Scrabble Association, which handles school and home play, might have answered questions about the province, provenance of new words. Why are there two groups, you ask? Read the 10th anniversary edition of my book, and I'll tell you who wrote this in a second, Word Freak, out this summer to find out. But people have proprietary, feeling, proprietary feelings towards words and games, even if they don't understand the distinct rules by which those worlds are governed. So it makes sense that media outlets would quickly seize the outrageous news that you can now play blingy in Scrabble, just as they did last year when the news spread of the heretical inclusion of proper nouns goes on for a little bit and then the the paragraph that i think sums it all up is um let's see where is it they go the whole concept of the game went down the crapper with the inclusion of proper nouns now the game is allowing made-up slang indeed most of the latest reports focus on the alleged ridiculousness of the new ling linguistic and cultural standards that 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 but slang words have always been acceptable in Scrabble because slang words are included in the dictionaries used to compile its word sources. And this might be the greatest misconception about Scrabble, that the game subjectively or even arbitrarily decides which words to include and which to exclude. In fact, the official Scrabble player's dictionary was created from words found in at least one of five standard college dictionaries in print at the time. The latest North American update, the fourth edition published in 2005, added words from any of four standard college dictionaries. Um, the two words that uh, received most of the attention at that time were um, key and za. Um, the language devolves, lexographers take note, dictionaries are updated, Scrabble follows. I think that's the most important part of that whole article. Scrabble is based on a language that is evolving. So I just want to know, can I spell color with an O in Canada and an O-U in the U.S.? Or do I get my hand slapped? Well, you know, the next time I'm on Words with Friends and I can play that word, I'll let you know. All right. So we'll put that um, our link to that article in the show notes at badgercast.com so you can uh, decide for yourself whether the, uh, the correct words are being used when you play Words with Friends. Well, it depends on if they're acceptable slang in a dictionary yet. Okay, girl. 
There are also words that I know that are not proper proper names that I know that definitely are words, and still you cannot play them. <laughs> some I don't people, know if I want to hear them right now. Oh, I'm not going to say them because some people would find them offensive. Actually, I find some of them offensive. But a word's a word when you're playing a game and, and you want points. It's all about the points now, isn't it? Depends on who you're playing. Okay. So, what are you reading? What am I reading? I just got done reading two of Lisa Jackson's books. Um, I think we t- I said that I was looking for them last show. Devious, which was a um, Benz Montoya book, and that was about um, a so-called priest going about killing. A so-called priest? Got to read the book to find out. Okay. And then the spin that came within that book. And then the second book was Without Mercy. That was, a, that was really good. I liked that book out, out of the two of them the best. Um, Basically, it's a book about a sister trying to rescue her younger sister who's been shipped off to an elite boarding school that deals with troubled teens. Okay. Mm-hmm. And cool. I know you'll put the links in for that. Sure. You mm-hmm. bet. At com. Sure you will. All right. Anything else? Do we have voicemails at all? Oh, we got a ton of voicemail. I think we have four. Four? Four. We have four voicemails. And we've only done this in two weeks for when we were doing it in between up to a month or two apart. We only got one or two. Can't have everything, you know. Uh Uh-huh. All right. I could be like Randy and Andy and say that they've had, that they they are screening their emails and they'll play the top three or four. Well, lucky they have enough to do that. That's if you believe that. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) All right. Well, the first one seems to be coming from our friend, Barely. All right. Push the button, Dale. No, 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 no. That is not you. That is Frank. I know. Just push the button. Hey, Dale and Julia. It's Barely. Uh, was just calling. Just caught up on your last two shows. Clipless pedals. Uh, you were getting kind of the idea of it on the last episode. Uh, clipless, because the original... Things that you kind of slid your foot into, and then you could kind of lock it down. You played uh, this. That kind of made the shape of, of the front of the foot that clipped, that was bolted into the yes, top of the uh, pedal. Those were called toe clips. You were right there. And what clipless pedals are is it's pretty much the toe clip is gone. So you just kind of lock in. That's where the phrase clipless comes in. Um, I know. So... You've told us before. That's where that comes from. Yes. If you have the shoes that clip in, I know, it's, you clip them in, but it's clipless. It's the toe clips. And those came about in the mid to late 80s. Um, and you really began to see them in the Tour de France uh, and all, all other races uh, sanctioned by the UCI, which is the Union Cycle Internationale, uh, the governing body of professional cycling. Uh, so that's when you first started seeing that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, you were talking onesies or fixies or something like that. Those are fixed wheel bikes. Um, and yes, you see kind of some people using them, mostly guys, but those are, that's also a track bike. Um, usually track bikes are just a fixed wheel. Um, there's no brakes. There's no shifting. It is, you just push the hell out of it, and then when you're done, you push 
you cycle or you pedal backwards. Um, so that's how those work. Uh, usually you'll see a lot of guys who are actually racing using them in the spring, uh, late winter, early spring, because what it does is it gives them the uh, – gives them a better cadence and they can work on their cadence and stuff like that and also their form with just using that instead of trying to shift gears and everything which is an extra thing that your mind has to think about so usually a lot of guys will do that who are into the racing aspect of it uh, also if they're a, someone who runs on a velodrome uh, that's pretty much all they use there in those kind of competitions so that's when you really see those kind of things uh, but anyway, that is pretty much it, uh, and I will talk to you guys later. Thanks, Barely. Yeah, I remember growing up at the the Washington Park Velodrome. They had the those bikes, and uh, yeah, no brakes. That's kind of scary. Kind of mm-hmm. scary. All right, and another call. Hi, this is Mike. Right now, I'm reaching out to all Pampered Chef representatives about a new system <laughs> that can increase your business awesome. 400%. If I were a Pampered Chef rep, business, can you I would give a crap. Three to four hundred percent, and you want to learn more? No. Just go to cheapassmarketing.com. No. <laughs> I don't want to learn more. I, I, but I thanks think, for the call, Mike. I think he got us mixed up with Absolute Amy. Yeah, Amy is. Well, I don't think they're pampered chef anymore. No, but she's she was. I've never been. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the redpointpodcast.com. Mike, have a good day. <laughs> All right. Another phone call. Hopefully not from a pampered chef rep. Hello, Badger people. It's Red Boy. Speaking of Badger. Cornfield, just south of the lovely Badger compound. Um... I think uh, I had some questions, but you podcasted since then. I haven't listened to that podcast. I'm so far behind. I apologize. But you know that that Julie Julie gave Dale web hope. Like Julie's building Dale's blog. Is that out there or something like that? I don't know. I mean, you know, it seems like a man's job, Dale. You know, you don't want your wife to build your blog. I don't know my wife couldn't build my blog if I wanted. She to. didn't. I figured it, it out. She says, but anyway. Um, that's just my vote, and then I had some of them about a garage band question, but um, I hope when my iPad 2 comes in, I can load garage band and see what I can do with it, so maybe we can compare notes. Anyway, you guys take care. We'll talk to you soon. Good boy, and absolute Amy here in the cornfields. Uh, and oh, and the dog. Bye. <laughs> Thanks of for calling. Of course we'll listen to Bell say hi. Anyway, it was not a blog. It was his fundraising page. And Which is did- up. And he did figure it out on his own. And you can find it at thebadgercast.com. I have it linked on the uh, previous episodes. Episode 49 49. has your link and my link to our fundraising pages. Yeah. So there you go. And uh, I definitely need some um, attention. Some fundraising attention. Mm -hmm. So speaking of which, uh, we haven't really gotten much into an update on the training for said ride uh weather hmm i've been biking either indoors or trying to steal a few rides here and there but nothing like i got in last year because mother nature just sucks this year yep it's cold and rainy and yucky out so we gotta really 
put the pedal to the metal in the months of June and July. Well, the beginning. And the, and the rest of May. Beginning of July. Yeah. So we got another call from... Well, I'm not sure who this is from. Hopefully it's not another salesman. Mike from Pampered Chef. Didn't you know he's going to call back? Probably. Hi, I'm calling on behalf of Lori Bergdor. And I'm sorry who? we missed you. I don't if know. They missed on. me, so I missed them. So <laughs> Sorry we missed she, each other. She sounded like she was from the South, though. Oh, yeah. She sounded very pretty, I guess. I don't know. Hmm, Bubbly. Bubbly. Southern Bellish. Yes. So, thank you, whoever you are. And no, we're not interested. So, <laughs> that's all I have for voicemail. Hmm. You know, maybe I should pre-screen these. Oh, it'd be no fun then. <laughs> all right. So. You uh, usually do pre-screen. I've been trying not to because then if I pre-screen them too much... Then um, then you forget what you played and listened to. Well, that, and then it's, I also don't, then I know the surprise. Like, mm. I wouldn't know barely telling us about clipless pedals again. Or um, what, mm-hmm. or about the velodrome and, and such. Uh-huh. Okay. So, are we done? I'm done. Do uh, you want to let everybody know? Um, How they can contact us? You betcha. God, I hate that I can finish your sentences for you. You can contact us at the BadgerCast phone line, which is 262-649-8550. You can get a hold of us through Twitter or Facebook. Don't Tickle Me or Philosophy Guys also gets you to us on Twitter. There you go. you can email us at thebadgercast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the site, which is badgercast.com. Did you get the phone number out? I did. Would you like to hear it again? It's 262-649-8550. I'm getting pretty good at this now. Okay. So if you plan on calling and trying to sell me something, well, don't, first of all. And second, say, hi, I'm Bethany from, and I can then get rid of you. Okay. <laughs> Have a good afternoon, guys. Okay, bye-bye.